welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you have it? And notes will be on the screens as well. The Bible reads like this, For we walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now the title of my message here this evening is, It's on sight. Look at your neighbor and say, It's on sight. It's on sight. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we have together, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what took place this year. And we were going to finish this year off strong, Lord. And I thank you in advance for the great things that are going to continue to take place in the lives of your people. I pray, Lord, this word that you gave me, I know it was specifically for your people, Lord. And I pray that it will penetrate their hearts, Lord. Let us be everything you've called us to be. We give you all the honor, all the praise. We all say, you may be seated. Now, some of you may be saying, what does on site mean? Some of you may come from a, an urban background, inner city background, where you're kind of more aware of, of what that means. But for those that maybe you didn't, it says if someone is ordered to do something on site, they have to do it without delay as soon as the person or thing is seen. In other words, it would be like the green light. Look, there's a green light. It's a green light on an individual. Now, I'm scared to ask this question, but I'm still going to ask it anyways. <sighs> Lift up your hand if you have been in a fight before. Okay, we are we're in trouble. We're in trouble, Sister Kim. We have a... We have a rowdy group here. Now, if you've been in a fight before, and um, many people know, maybe you don't know, is I was a professional boxer. I boxed for 18 years of my life, and uh, that was so awesome to be able to travel the world. And, uh, you know, God opened many doors through, through the sport of boxing. Now, when I was in middle school, about 7th, I believe it was 7th, 8th grade, there was a rumor in the school that I was not a real boxer, that I really didn't know what it took to be a boxer. I didn't really have hands, right, as they would say today, right. And it was spreading fast in the school. They're saying, Xavier's a fake boxer. How could he be a fake boxer? Everybody's saying he was a fake boxer, right. And so, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest. We're in the house of God. Right? I got a little frustrated. I got a little prideful, right. And, and here's what I said. You know what? And Pastor Joe's daughter was there. I don't know if you knew that, but she was there. She was there. Vanessa was there. Vanessa worked there. You're my witness. She was there. And so I was with a group of people, and I said, you know what, if you don't believe I'm a real boxer, there's a boxing gym right down the street, so right after school, if you want to see if I'm the real deal, we'll get in the ring, <laughs> right? A whole bunch of people, around 50, 60 students from my school went to the boxing gym that day, right? One by one. I went with about five different guys, and um, let's just say I laid hands on them, Right? Not holding hands, but I laid hands on them. And let's say after that day, <laughs> everyone knew that I was a real boxer. <laughs> but going back to this passage, the Apostle Paul is facing some criticism. There were some rumors about him. There was false apostles and critics that were challenging Paul's role as a true apostle of Jesus Christ. And Paul tackles their arguments according in this chapter. Their attacks imply hypocrisy, cowardness, or both. His critics say that Paul was brave when he was away writing letters, but lacking confidence when face-to-face. -face. But even more blunt, bluntly, Paul quotes them saying, his, his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak, and his speech is of no account. 
But you see, Paul doesn't argue with this characterization that his letters, that his letters are strong compared to his personal conduct. Nor does he deny that he is not an, he's not impressive in person. Instead, he begins by pointing out the meekness and gentleness of Christ. You may be saying, what's meekness? Meekness is power under control. In doing so, Paul humbles himself and says, you know what? Christ humbled himself to a point of death, and he was not weak. Along those lines, Paul begs the Corinthians not to make show of how bold and confident he can be in person when he comes to visit them. See, Paul, he was not going to fight this war with physical weapons, but spiritual ones. See, the spiritual weapons he and his associates will carry the divine power to destroy strongholds or demonic activity. They can come through impressive but faulty arguments, but these false apostles were making against true knowledge of God. See, if we are going to close this year off strong and be ready for the new things that God wants to do, we need to be ready to fight. Say fight. No, say fight. See, what I've learned throughout my journey with Christ is that if the enemy cannot get you to fall away from the things of God, the next best thing he'll try to do is to get you distracted, to get you diverted from the plan that God has for your life. And there are many things that try to grab our attention day in and day out. What are those things? One, social media. Social media. Our cell phone, right? Also living a life of regret. Also having grudges. It's unfortunate that many people live their life full of grudges, and many times it doesn't affect the other person, but rather it affects the person that has the grudge. Another distraction, another thing that can hinder us from being everything God has called us to be is toxic relationships. There may be some numbers that you may need to delete before this year's over. There may be some people you may have to cut out of your life. There may be some people that you may have to unfollow or, or block because it's just toxic. Another thing that may keep us from being everything that God has called us to be is negative thinking. Always walking around with a cloud over our head. Always walking around like just waiting for something bad to happen. And it's unfortunate that there are Christians that live their life like that. But I believe that we should not live a Christianity where we're barely making it. Where we're barely getting by. Well, I'm just here, brother. I'm here, sister. I'm here. I'm still... I'm still standing. And yes, we're, we're, we're excited that you're still standing, but God has called us to live a life of victory. We are victory outreach, not defeated outreach. And, and we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory because of what Jesus did on that cross for you and I. So we should walk with victory, knowing that God is with us. See, somebody say on sight. See, we need to use our weapons and put on the full armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, you don't need to turn there, but it's going to be on the screens. It says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. Say the whole armor. The whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the, de of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shoed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith. For which you are able to quench all the firing darts of the wicked one. And take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always. Say pray. Praying always without, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to the end of the preference of the supplication of the saints. See, we need to put on 
the full armor of God. See, the armor of God represents the defense that we must take in our spiritual life. See, the word of God tells us that we are fighting a spiritual battle. And other people, as they say, it's, it's an invisible war against Satan who seeks to destroy us. Therefore, we must be ready to take action. I've heard it said many times that the greatest trick the devil has ever tried to pull was convincing the world that he does not exist. There's a devil out there that is trying to destroy your life. He's our enemy. He hates you. He hates everything that you do for God. And he's going to try to do whatever he can to get you off track as we close out this year. But it's on sight. One more time. Say it's on sight. So I'm going to do a quick overview of the armor. See, the first piece of the armor is the belt of truth. Truth by its very definition is exclusive. It means something true that other things are lies. The evil one is the father of lies. And every lie finds its origin with them. See, every other piece of the full armor of God is attached to the belt of truth. If you do not begin with truth, you'll never be able to defeat the enemy. And Jesus said that God's word is true. Now, we're living in a time where many people say it's, it's, that's your truth. And this is my truth. The reality is, no, it's only the truth. The truth is that Jesus died. <laughs> but he didn't just die, but he rose again. The truth is that one day every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the fact of the matter is you could either do it now or you could do it later. I choose to do it now. I, I choose to declare the name of Jesus, the healer, the deliverer, the redeemer. He is in the house right now and we need to be a people that live by the truth and not are persuaded by the lies of the enemy. I've heard it said that a halfway truth is still a lie. See, the Bible reads there in John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Jesus also said in John chapter 14, verse 6, as Jesus said to him, as him talking to Thomas, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to me except through the Father. Say, we need to know the truth. And we need to live by the truth. Second thing is the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness means to be made right. Scripture references righteousness that Christ gives us, his righteousness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it reads like this. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we may become righteous of God in him. See, Scripture reference refers to righteousness that God carries out through us, like the righteous acts of the saints. See, we need, to complete, we need to complete the righteousness of Christ, but also we need to continue righteousness because of what Christ already has done in our lives. That comes through a response through God's, free, God's gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, along, along this journey, the sanctification process continues to take place as we continue to abide in the Holy Spirit. As we continue to, to put our trust in God. But we need to have obedience. Say obedience. See, many people, they want their circumstance to change, but they don't want to change. And they, and, they, and they don't want to walk in obedience. They pick and choose what they want to believe. They pick and choose out of the Bible. They, they like this scripture and they like that scripture, but they don't like that scripture. So they don't want to really live their life according to that. But if we believe that the word of God is fully the truth, we need to live by all the truth. We cannot compromise. 
Now more than ever, we need some Christians that will rise up and be the real thing. That will not settle. That will not get easily persuaded by the things of this world. That will not get easily persuaded by things they see on social media. But to walk in obedience. To trust in God. And to trust in the people that God has put in your life. You see, some people struggle because they don't know how to flow. And they don't, they're not under anybody. They don't want to submit into anybody. They say, well, well, God is my leader. Jesus is my leader. And if he doesn't say it, I'm not going to do it. But little do you know, God puts people in your life specifically to help you along your journey. And it's those that resist those things. That's why they, that's why they have struggles. And that's why they have challenges year in and year out. That, that they may have been here 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, but they haven't grown. Because they haven't learned to walk in obedience. And allow God to, to work in and through their life. But God wants to be an obedient people. Thirdly, we talk about the shoes of the gospel of peace. Say peace. Right? Peace is an, at, an attribute of the Lord's very person and character. In, in the Greek, peace means oneness or wholeness. You see, when we are right standing with God, God gives us peace. We're living in a time where many people are longing for peace. There's some people here that maybe you haven't had a good night's sleep in a long time. Because the worries of this world... You don't have no peace. You have no comfort. You have no security. But when you put your life in the master's hands, you're able to have that confidence and assurance knowing that he's with you. And so when somebody has true peace, that means that the circumstances and the situations and the storms don't dictate how they serve God. See, there's too many Christians that allow the weather to dictate their worship. There's too many people that allow their, their, their bank statement to dictate how they worship God or how they trust in God. There's too many people that, that, they, that they, they don't put their trust in God because God's not working according to their timeline. And because of that, they don't have peace. But when you truly know God, I'm talking about when you truly know God. See, there's many people that know about God. But I'm talking about knowing him. I'm talking about knowing him the way I know him. I'm talking about my, my God is good. My God is powerful. My God is all sufficient in the good times and in the challenging times. In the mountain and in the valley, God has remained good in my life. And when there are some Christians that truly know their God, they are going to continue to have that posture of worship and praise, knowing that God is with them because they have true peace. Somebody say peace. God wants to give you that peace. There's some people here that you're not looking forward to the next year because you think it's going to be a repeat of last year and the year before. But when you have true peace, when you submit to God, you're going to know that no matter what comes your way, that God is with you. Come on, one more time. Say peace. Fourth, we have the shield of faith. See, when the Apostle Paul wrote this passage, see, Roman soldiers carried shields. That were covered with heavy animal hide. See, before battle, they would dip their shields into water. So that when the fiery darts hit them, the wet hide would extinguish the darts. Similarly, a Christian shield of faith needs to be regularly dipped in water of God's word. To be replenished and fully functional. You see, a shield is defensive for the fiery darts the enemy will try to throw our way. But it's also offensive. 
See, we're able to use the shield of faith to ram the enemy. <laughs> There's some people here that you need to, you need to feed your faith <laughs> and you need to starve your fear. See, some people need to reflect on the goodness of God. You need to be reminded of what God has done in and through your life. There's some people here you know you shouldn't be here. <laughs> There's some people you say, I should have been dead. Like that song says, I should have been dead. But Jesus saved you, changed you, and did something new in your life. You need to be reminded of what God has done. Because when you are reminded of what God has done, you can only look forward to what he is going to do. We need some people that are going to be full of faith and full of trust. Knowing that God is going to move in and through their life. This is going to be the year where your family is going to be saved. This is going to be the year where you are going to rise up. And you are going to do great things. And you are going to be a mighty man of God. God, a mighty warrior. Your V group is going to grow. The gang is going to grow. The worship is going to go to another level. But we need some people here in the house that will be full of faith and saying, devil, get thee behind me. You have no place in my life. You have no place in my family. You have no place in my generation. But I am going to feed my faith. Somebody say faith. Say faith. Say faith. Come on, some people, you need to be faithful. Some of you, you've been faithless. But you got to be full of faith, confident, knowing that God is with you. See, the Bible reads there in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Also in Mark chapter 9, it says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. See, I believe God can do anything. <laughs> the Bible talks about having a childlike faith. Go back to when you were a child. <laughs> Some of you, when you were children, you had a, you had a crazy imagination. <laughs> you believed you could do anything. You can be anybody. Some of you say, I'm going to be the president of the United States. <laughs> right? Some of you, you had, you had big dreams. But what happened? <laughs> Life came crashing down. We started thinking in the natural. And it's unfortunate that there are Christians that, as they quote-unquote mature in the things of God, they stop believing God for big things. They're looking through the natural, not the supernatural. See, the supernatural doesn't make sense. There's going to be times where God's going to ask you to do something that does not make sense. But there's too many people that they want to see it before they believe it. <laughs> that they want all the steps. But God, God knows, he knows us. That if he were to give us all the steps, we probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> but he'll give you step by step by step. So day in and day out, day turns into a week, week turns into a month, month turns into a year. Continue to walk by faith and not by sight. See, if we're going to continue to accomplish great things here in our ministry, here in the Mother Church, we need to be that full of faith. I'm talking about real faith. A faith that will not be shaken. A faith that will not be moved. Because the latter shall be greater. I'm, I'm here to say that again. The latter shall be greater and what takes place here in this house. But we need some people that will put on the shield of faith. We're believing for miracles, signs, and wonders. We're believing for great things that continue to take place here in this house. But we need to continue to feed our faith. Fifthly, we have the helmet of salvation. See, salvation comes at the moment when we put our complete trust in, in, in Jesus in the death and resurrection as the atonement of our sin. 
But, but salvation, I already mentioned this, but it, it works through a lengthy process of sanctification. See, the helmet of salvation helps us in the battlefield of our mind. Many times it's in our mind. We think of scenarios that aren't even there. There's, that's why some people don't come to church. That's why some people don't get involved in ministry. Because it's just a battle of their minds. What are they going to say? Are you, we, we just lack confidence in ourselves. But if it's a lie, don't we know where the lie comes from? <laughs> it's, it's, it's so unfortunate how as Christians we can get so deterred from doing what God has called us to do. When some of us, when we were in the world, we weren't going to let anything stop us from what we wanted to do. Come on. There's some people, you're married, you're, you're, your wife turned you down the first time. Come on. <laughs> but what, you were, you're going to brother keep it real here. <laughs> some of you don't look, like Pastor, Pastor Bill says, some of you don't look that good. Come on. <laughs> but we were persistent. <laughs> some of you, like you said, some of you come from a, a, an urban background and, uh, you know, you like to partake of certain vices. And when the connect wouldn't answer, you weren't going to stop. If the connect didn't answer, you were going to show up to that brother or sister's door. Look, right? We weren't going to stop. Maybe you were, you know, you were an entrepreneur or you're a business owner and certain doors weren't opening. You weren't going to stop. But how come when it comes to the things of God, we get so easily deterred by a lie? We get so easily discouraged. We get so easily diverted. But we need to shift that mentality and saying, devil, I'm not going to let anything stop me. I'm not going to let nothing stop me from being who God has called me to be in 2024. Whatever I got to do, whatever I got to go through, whatever trial, whatever storm I face, I'm going to continue to press forward, and I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy. The devil is a big, fat, stinking liar. But when you know the truth, you're able to cast down those lies. See, the Bible reads there in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me stop right there. The devil is a thief, a thief in the night. And I know we don't have no ex-thieves here, but if we did... They would be able to tell you that a good thief is able to take something without the owner even realizing it's gone. I'm talking about an expert thief. You walk around, wasn't there a TV there? What TV? <laughs> wasn't there a painting over there? What painting? We're talking, what are we talking about painting? I'm talking about an expert thief. Thief knows how to take something without you even knowing it's gone. There's some people here, you have been robbed and you don't even know it. Say again, you have been robbed, you have been ripped off, and you do not even know it. Some of you, you have been robbed of your smile. You may be saying, what's the big deal of a smile? The reality is this. I love what our pastor says. Is that God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outward. But if something is sincerely is taking place in your heart, it should reflect on the outside. But some people, you, you don't know how to smile anymore. The thief has robbed you. There's some people here that you have been robbed of your expectation and your anticipation. You come into church and you're already looking at your watch worrying about what you're going to eat after. You come to church and you're already planning how you're going to watch that football game. 
There's some people that you, you, you come in, but you're already thinking about other things because you come in, you clock in, and you clock out because you've been robbed. You've been ripped off. But there's an old song we used to sing that we're going to go into the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from us. There's some people you need to get your smile back. You need to get your joy back. You need to get your personality back. You used to have a great personality. You used to be the life of the party. What happened? Go into that place and say, devil, you have no place in my life. I'm going to get my children back. I'm going to get my spouse back. I'm going to get everything because I have been ripped off. But I'm putting on the full armor of God. I am ready. Devil, it is on sight. And we're ready to fight. We're ready to move. We're ready to build. We're ready to battle. Come on, it's the church in the house here tonight. Come on, we are finishing strong. Some of you, you had no expectation here tonight. You just thought you were going to come tonight. You were doing your duty of just coming, and you're already thinking about New Year's. You're already thinking about your table. But little did you know that God had an encounter for you, and he wanted to remind you to get back what the enemy has stolen from you. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life, and life more abundantly. It's time for you and I to live in that abundant life. Sixthly, we have the sword of the spirit. Say the spirit. Sword of the spirit. See, this explanation of this piece of the armor right there is in the verse. That the word of God is, the, is one of the, like I said, another piece of the weapon that is offensive and defensive. See, a preacher once said that when we are tempted, the most effective weapon that God has given to us as believers is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, Jesus modeled this beautifully during his temptation in the wilderness. See, when the devil tried to tempt Try to tempt him. Three times he tried to tempt him. Jesus used the sword of the spirit. He said, it is written. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds the mouth of God. Secondly, Jesus said that it is written again that you should now tempt the Lord your God. Thirdly, it said, Jesus said to him, away from you, Satan, for it is written. You shall worship the, your, the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. See, when, when the devil tried to tempt him three times, Jesus responded back with the word. See, there's some people, they struggle because they don't know their word. There's some people you need to make, that we don't make resolutions because we don't keep them, but make a commitment. You need to make some New Year's commitment. And one of those commitments should be is I'm going to read the word of God. And I'm going to know it. And I'm going to internalize it. So when the enemy does try to tempt me, we're able to cast down those lies. See, the Bible reads there in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and that is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. See, some people, that is your word here tonight. Is you need to start swinging your sword. Your sword has cobwebs on it, possibly. And you may have not even... You don't even know, you're not even trained, you're not even skilled on how to use your sword. But make that commitment this year that I'm going to use my sword. <laughs> when the devil tries to lie, <laughs> devil tries to lie again. <laughs> Sound like pastor, he does that noise, right? <laughs> Got to use that sword. See, when you know the word, like you said, you're able to cast down those lies. When you know the word, you know that you're going to make it. 
you recognize that, yes, you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You also know when you know your word that the spirit does not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. When we read the word of God, we understand that God has a plan and purpose for your life. When you read the word of God, then you have the understanding and, the rec- and you're able to recognize that, yes, for as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Well, we got to know our word. We got to be trained. We got to be equipped. We got to be prepared. We got to swing our sword. You guys getting anything here tonight? I pray you are. I'm almost done here because I believe God wants to do something special here at the altar. Here are a few other weapons we have. One weapon is prayer. It's an important weapon. We got to know how to pray. We got to know how to get a hold of God. We we got to know how to humble ourselves in His presence. And not just pray when we need something, but pray out of genuine love and the desire to be connected to our creator. Another weapon is our shout. Somebody shout right there where you're at. That's another weapon. Your shout is a weapon. There's some people here tonight, you need to get your shout back. Get your shout back. Another weapon is praise. Another weapon is worship. Another weapon is speaking in tongues. I know there's power when we speak in tongues. Another weapon is fasting. Another weapon is the name of Jesus. The name above all names. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning. The, there's power in that name, Jesus. There's some people that you just need to declare that name, Jesus, over that circumstance that you're facing. Say, Jesus. That in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, devil, you got to flee. In the name of Jesus, my child will be saved. In the name of Jesus, there's power in that name. Don't you realize that when you say that name, you always get a reaction from somebody? There's power in that name. There's power in that name. When you say the name of Jesus, something happens. Demons have to flee. We got to use our weapon. Worship you, make your way. It's time for you and I, as we close out this year and get ready for 2024, that we got to put on our armor and be the person that God has called us to be. Because the reality is this, is the king is coming soon. The king is coming soon. But until he does, we as a church are going to build the kingdom. We're going to build this church. We're going to reach people. We're going to love on people. We're going to disciple people. We're going to raise up leaders and send them out to the four corners of this world. Why? Because there's a world out there that's still lost and hurting. But we got to be strong. we got to finish this year off strong. Like Pastor mentioned, you got to be that Paul. Some of you, you need to be that Paul that God has called you to be. There's an up-and-coming generation that's looking for your exampleship, that's looking for you to be that model. Rise up. God's not done with you. As long as you have breath in your lungs, God still wants to use you. Some people, you need to be that Timothy. You got to stop wandering. You've been here for maybe a little too long. Now it's time for you to come under, to learn, to grow, to be under the wisdom and the experience of the seasoned men and women that we have here in this church. Because we got to grow. Let me say this. We're the oldest church, but we're not an old church. What does that mean? That means we're not dying. We're not dying. We're not surviving. But we're thriving. We are thriving. 
because we are a multi-generational church and we work together cohesively in harmony as a mighty army, as a team. But we need some men and women that are going to say, devil, you're not going to have your way in my life anymore. I'm going to put on full armor daily. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to stand firm knowing that God's promises are true. And yes and amen. Stand right there where you're at. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. It's on sight. Maybe this year was a great year. Maybe this was the best year of your life. Where you got to know God in a whole new way. And that's so awesome. Maybe this year was challenging for you. Maybe you faced many obstacles. Or maybe you're here and you say, to be honest, it was very difficult this year. But you're still standing. You're still standing and you made it. God's not done with you. But it's time for us together to rise up and fight and reach the world. It's our time, church. It's our time to continue to be that church, to be that model. To be that example to the world that God has called us to be. Lift up your hands. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.